back, GGR Pirate Radio Podcast listeners. My name is Mike Lunsford. I'm the editor-in-chief of GGR, that is, the Great Geek Refuge. Our website, www.greatgeekrefuge.com, uh, run by Squarespace, because uh, Squarespace is awesome. Uh, they've got 24-hour tech support. Uh, they've got an awesome platform, myriad of yeah. things. Yeah, their, their platform is great. Very easily customizable. Uh, just giving a shout out to them. Hopefully, maybe they'll listen to this and they'll be like, "Hey, why don't we give them a little money for advertising?" Uh, and a little quid pro quo. Yeah. I would not be opposed to that. Um, I mean, maybe we should just start mentioning everything here. Uh, Naked Juice, yeah, <laughs> uh, is also sponsoring us today uh, in the sponsoring senses, and we are drinking it right now. Delicious, nutritious, um, keeps you healthy. So there you go, Naked Juice. Keep keep listening, guys. Mike fishing for sponsors. Hey, whatever, whatever I got to do, I got to get paid. So. You're here on that. You're here on that. With me today, and this is going to be um, the last time we do a face-to-face podcast because our good buddy Steve is moving uh, back to his home, back to uh, back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, Steve Monick, right under the name Pete Rogers on the website. If you've listened to past podcasts, you know I'm originally from the Pittsburgh area. Uh, right now, me and Mike are in the Virginia, just uh, just south of DC, basically. Um, and I'm heading back to the Pittsburgh area, so I don't want anyone, any of our fans to worry. The podcast train's going to keep on rolling, you know, that's the beauty of the technology that we have and everything like that, but yeah, this is a bittersweet podcast for us today. Yeah, yeah, but we will, uh, luckily Virginia and Pittsburgh, uh, or Virginia and uh, Pennsylvania aren't that too far apart. Not at all. So yeah, we'll definitely uh, probably have like a very special event at some point where if Steve comes down to Virginia or I go up to Pennsylvania... Maybe we can even include listeners, like we're a big yeah. deal or something like that. Yeah, and we've definitely, uh, we already have plans, uh, we have some contacts and things to do different oh, yeah. comic cons and uh, stuff. Awesome so, Con, which is at yeah. the end of May, which let me just tell you, I signed us up for. Yeah. So you actually even get your own badge, you're going to be like Look totally out. legit. It's like official. So It's totally official. Yeah, we're going to be doing things together, and, and as those uh, events get closer to the date, uh, we'll give you more information on the website and on the yeah, podcast, absolutely. so you can come down and join us and meet us and, yeah. and talk about uh, the things we talk about as well. And we're going to have a, an event coming up here pretty soon, too, for you guys to vote on. Uh, Steve and I have been shooting ideas around. We're still trying to come up with our top three that we like, and then we're going to share with you and let you guys vote on. But we did a, um, I'm actually wearing it today, too, our, uh, our Team Up for a Good Cause uh, t-shirt that we did for uh, Feed Fred. It was back in December, yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to do another t-shirt. For uh, Awesome Con in DC, but also if you're not going, you can order one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna have three uh, designs that you guys get to vote on. Uh, we have a couple of them that we've worked with um, that we want to make sure come out right. Steve had a line from one of our podcasts that still is like my favorite line up to this point: the "Guns are for jerks" thing that Obi Wan said. We were making fun of that scene where he kills Grievous, and yeah, I don't know, just yeah, our bad British up. accents. But yeah, we're gonna end up. Uh, Making that a, uh, probably that'll make a, t- that'll at least be on the, uh, list of voted. Yeah. So I think, yeah, we're gonna get our top three designs and we're going to put them up on the website and we're gonna have a voting structure and whichever yeah. design gets the most votes, those are their shirts we're gonna produce. Yeah. And they're gonna be sold at the con on the website. There's gonna be plenty of options. Um, and much like the shirt that we did before, Mike mentioned the, the organization Feed Fred. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an organization, we're in Fredericksburg, Virginia, yeah. and they help feed the, the homeless and disenfranchised. Yeah. Uh, it's basically one lady working out of her kitchen for, from how it started. It's such a superhero thing anyway. Exactly. Man. I mean, and I, and I talked to her uh, before, and I, I doubt that she listens to the podcast. Her name is Paula. Paula's awesome. And I even said to her, because she sent me a message. She was like, you know, hey, thank you so much, because I did go, give her the yeah. money that we got uh, the other day. And she sent me a message. She's like, thank you so much for your charitable organization or your charitable donation. 
Um, it was so nice of you guys to do that. And then I said to her, I was like, well, you know, we're all about superheroes. I can't think of somebody else who emulates what a superhero yeah. is more than you, one person by yourself fighting hunger. Yeah, you know? going That's, out of her way, yeah. taking time out of her day to do yeah. those kind of things. So yeah. in our website's infancy, we're only a few months old. We actually still got some pretty decent sales. We actually oh, yeah. raised a good bit of money for the yeah, cause. About 100 bucks total to give yeah. her, yeah. So as we grow in our website and our fans and our, our readership, yeah. uh, we're hoping that this drive will, will yeah. produce even more funds to help that yeah. really worthy cause. Yeah. I think the next one we'll probably do, since we did one for Virginia, since she'll be up in Pittsburgh, and I know that um, your fiance got a mm-hmm. job with the food bank. Yeah, the greater area, yeah. uh, Pittsburgh area food bank. She's going to be working uh, with the CEO doing the administrative side of things yeah. there. But We might uh, see if we can do something with them. That would be pretty cool. The programs they have, the amount of food that they help people with um, is astonishing. So anything yeah. that we can do to help further what they have in their infrastructure is, is obviously going to be very, very beneficial. Absolutely. So... Let's get started. Um, talk about what we're here to talk about. Um, yeah, some real was, big news. <laughs> it was real small, actually. Like I don't think anybody heard about it or not. Yeah, just, like, it uh, might have just gone under the radar. Yeah, just kind of something about crawled away from everyone yeah, there. <laughs> on all eight limbs. Um, something about Spider Man. Um, who's that? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, the big news here. Uh, Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures came to an agreement there. As of right now, Sony Pictures owns the rights to Spider-Man as far as his likeness and things like that in films. Uh, so the three ones with Tobey Maguire and the two with Andrew Garfield, those Spider-Man movies, those were all Sony pictures. Marvel yeah. had nothing to do with it. Those are not linked to the Captain America, Iron Man, all the Avengers stuff we've been seeing until now. Sony pictures and Marvel's teamed up. Uh, what they're going to do is they're going to allow Spider-Man to be in uh, one of the new movies there. It's going to be Captain America 3 Civil War. That's so cool. Uh, which is just like just blowing so, my mind. They're yeah. going to be able to do justice to the Civil War story. Exactly. He was such an integral part to that. Uh, so he's going to be in that movie. And then the really the mastermind behind this whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kevin Feige, he's... Uh, He's the president of Marvel Studios. Yeah. He's going to be working directly with Sony, and they're still owning the rights to Spider-Man, but they're going to make a standalone Spider-Man movie that's going to be in the same world and in the same canon as all of these other movies. So it's really exciting. I mean, I don't know the details of how it's going to work out, but with the mastery that Marvel's done... I wouldn't be surprised if Sony just puts their name on the movie and yeah. shares in the profits and lets the creative yeah. side of it come from Marvel. Well, especially too, like um, Sony really. I mean, I I was I was so upset with the way that Sony handled their business with the the mess that was the interview in the in the hacking scandal yeah, and all and that. Like, yeah, all of that was just it was so horribly managed. It was mm-hmm. just it was just atrocious. And then all of those emails got leaked, and you just saw how callous and uncaring they were about their customers and about their fans and like working in the video game industry before I, I before we're doing what we did now um, I saw the same thing happen like when those uh, PlayStation Network got hacked yeah Sony just did not care one way or the other they were like well it got hacked hey, what are you going to do you're going to have to wait they didn't do anything to really show anybody that they cared and I feel like this is the first step in the right direction for them a lot of people out yeah. there are saying this isn't necessarily a move they wanted to make it's no. a saving face kind of move like yeah. everyone's like wow Sony's working with Marvel and all this yeah. excitement about Spider-Man yeah. they had to give up a little bit of what they had to bring in people's uh, good which graces is, which is absolutely the right move for yeah. them too oh, yeah. because 
I'll tell you, like, I was, we had, um, because apparently I'm six years behind everybody else, we just bought a Blu-ray player, mm. and I, I, I seriously, like, gritting my teeth looking at the different brands, I was like, well, I don't want a stupid Sony product they can burn, I'm so mad, and then I was like, but Sony developed Blu-ray, fine, I'll get it, and then they did the Spider-Man thing, and I was like, alright, I don't feel so bad about this now, maybe they're... This is a little mea culpa on their part, and they're just like, alright, our bad, can you just forgive us, please? Here's Spider-Man, like, we'll let him play. And what's even crazier about this is you predicted this. You predicted this in GGR, and like, I'm looking at the website right now. You did this on September the 12th. Yeah. You predicted this for yeah, five brother, months. My brother's birthday, ironically. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, we, yeah. um, we were in our, again in our infancy around that time, month or two old. Yeah. We were writing articles just about the things that we loved, and the thing that yeah. I loved at the time, and I wrote a few articles on it, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And one day at work, me and Mike were talking about the different characters and things like that, and we were talking about the rights issues, who owned what, you know, the X Men are here with Fox and Spider Man's with Sony, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and he said, you know, that's a really good idea for an article. Why don't you write about that since you know about it? Um, and at the very end, I write a big analogy about all of the superheroes are on a playground, but they're not allowed to play in the same sandbox, so to speak. Yeah. Spider-Man's over by himself, swinging on the swings, wishing he could play with his friends. You know, that was the analogy over, that I used to... Overprotective Uncle Sony won't let him play with anybody. And <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's, you know what, that's, Uncle Sony was finally like, you know what, um, let's... All right, let's go ahead and pull that little baby backpack that has the leash on uh, on it off of you, Spidey, and let you go play with the rest Whatever, of the kids. Yeah, like, so he's he's not going home with Marvel when the the playground, you know, the play dates oh, over. No. Still no sleepovers. No, that's that's too much. <laughs> exactly, but they're allowed to play together on the playground. So using that same analogy I used in my article. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely, it's really exciting news. And as far as the the plot lines and things, um, there are a few small downsides, but I mean yeah. the the. Good parts of it outweighed. The yeah. one big downside that we kind of all agree on, Andrew Garfield was a fantastic Spider-Man. Yeah, I didn't expect Ben to be that passionate about he it. He was, yeah. Uh, uh, referring to Ben Shaw, uh, yeah. Mike uh, is the author of a fantastic comic book. I recommend oh, you pick up you, the first you. two issues, Ethan Stone P.I. If you like, um, kind of, it's Indiana Jones, uh, Ghostbusters, and that old-timey detective gumshoe. If you kind of blend yeah. those together, that's Ethan Stone P.I. So if you like any of those things, go for that. And we, we teamed up a while ago with GGR, um, we being Ethan Stone P.I., me and Ben. Uh, we teamed up with GGR. We're actually working right now. Ben's going to be coming down uh, here, and we're going to be putting it together. We're going to start selling all of our comic book stuff on GGR directly. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... I created GGR, I helped create Ethan Stone, so it just made sense, and why buy two websites when you can buy one, yeah. so, yeah. And, and so Ben Shaw is the artist of yeah, that comic book, absolutely. he does uh, all the artwork An incredible there. artist, too, and if you guys mm -hmm. ever need commission artwork, I mean, take a, take a look at his, he's got a, uh, he's got a, if his Facebook page, he's got a Twitter, he's got an Instagram, uh, he's got a DeviantArt page, the guy just does amazing artwork, he does commission work, too, so, like, he's just... He's a busy guy, and, and he's he's expecting the sun very, very soon, too. Yeah, so. so good luck with that, Ben. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Ben. I guess we'll never see you ever again, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we uh, we three kind of, uh, through yeah. emails and things, talked about our feelings about it, and, yeah. you know, we were excited, me and Mike, but yeah. Ben's point was like, holy crap, I can't believe they're just ditching Andrew Garfield. He was so, yeah. like you said, passionate he was the, about He was that. the best. He was saying that, um, and let me pull it up right here. He was basically saying that the acting was good, um, but it was the directing. And the story that was that was lacking, and that's why Amazing Spider-Man Two wasn't as good as it could have been. And really, though, Amazing Spider-Man Two suffered from the same thing that Batman and Robin 
suffered from. <laughs> yeah. And that's just, hey, we don't have a good script. Let's just throw as many bad guys into the story. Too many as we villainitis, basically. <laughs> exactly. Like, how do you make the story better? Make more villains. That's the <laughs> worst idea ever. No film has ever succeeded from doing that. That the morning that the news broke, um, one of my better friends up in in the Pittsburgh area's name's Jim. He's one of the biggest Spider-Man fans I've ever known. Yeah. Um. I mean, the guy notes the the series backwards and forwards, and we were talking about it because we, as we do, talk about comics. Um. And he just made really astute point that I'd never, I think, subconsciously knew, but all the good Spider-Man movies just have the one key villain, and yeah. they have the time and the script to develop that. And then the ones that stink, which are Spider-Man 3 and Amazing 2, they have three villains. They triple it. So it's either one villain or three. There's never in between. Yeah. Um, so with these overabundance of villains, you lose the pacing, you lose the direction. I don't think Andrew Garfield did a poor job embodying Spider-Man. He yeah. had the quips. He had the attitude. He looks young as hell, even though, believe it or not, he's 31 years old. Is he really? He's 31. What am I? Yeah. I'm going to be 33 here in about two days. What am I doing with my life that he looks like he's like 12? <laughs> uh, so he, but he can still pull off high schooler somehow. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the fact that he was able to do all that, I mean, some people didn't like like the hipster kind of emo version, but I, I, those kind of things, again, aren't his choices, you so know what, to though, speak. His hipster emo thing wasn't nearly as bad as Tobey Maguire's in the third one. Okay. Where it looked like Katie Lang. <laughs> Doing like the dance moves in the disco club and stuff like that. I think like the that. best part of that though is that, that one picture of him making that face that has become like a meme now. Yeah. The like, oh, yeah. face. Like, that is the best thing. Like, every time I think of something where you're like trying to be coy, like I think of that stupid Tobey Maguire face that he made in the third, in the third Spider-Man movie. Like, uh, oh my god, Katie Lang. Jesus. So, I mean, as like a you know, because obviously a movie isn't just, like, two guys making it, typically. Yeah. It's a whole team. Yeah. And I feel like all the problems and the things that people picked out... I mean, it, there's never going to be a movie where 100% people agree, yeah, that was the perfect person to cast in that role. Yeah. And from the day he was cast, there yeah. were Andrew Garfield dissenters before yeah. the movies even came out. Yeah. Watching it and knowing the comics, I liked him. I thought he was a great pickup. I think yeah. he's collateral damage. It sucks because... They want a clean slate with the Spider-Man they're introducing in these movies. Yeah. They don't want any connection to the Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 that failed. Yeah. So he's gone. Well, I mean, it, and it makes sense, too. Like, it's, I think it's a small price to pay. Um, I mean, I honestly, I loved Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, I, I was of the mindset that you've mentioned before. I'm okay if you take the source material and tweak it a little bit. Yeah. As long as the story's good and it makes sense. I loved the first Spider-Man that he was in, and I loved the second one. I thought the second one was one of the best movies, comic book movies that they've done. If I was going to rank them, which, why haven't we done that yet? Yeah, that's something that like, needs to happen we soon. we got to do that. Um, I think that that's one of the best comic book movies that's been Yeah, so obviously it goes on. Batman and Robin, Steel, Spider-Man 2, right? <laughs> uh, let's not, oh god, what was the other one that was so bad? Uh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher. Uh, the uh, the Captain America that came out before in the uh, in the nineties in the early nineties yeah. where he didn't even actually put the the uh, Captain America outfit on at all. And then there's the uh, was it the the um, oh what's his name? Uh, they did a Fantastic Four in the nineties oh, yeah. just to keep it. I don't even think they ended up releasing it. They didn't. Um, but oh my gosh, that's garbage. If you look at the thing, uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like a rubber Halloween mask. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so back to. Uh, the other things that could be a downside from this deal, yeah. something that could have been that probably won't be now, is Black Panther and how large of a role he was going to play. Oh, so you're thinking um, that now that they've got Spidey, 
he's going to lose a lot. Exactly. So, and here's the part where I'm going to say there's going to be some potential spoilers for Captain America Civil War. Because I'm going to get into the storyline of Civil War from the comics. And I imagine the Russo brothers are going to stick pretty close to that. Yeah. Um, In the comic, it's Iron Man versus Captain America. And they have their teams behind them. Yeah. And the reason there's a fight is uh, a city in Connecticut known as Stanford was destroyed in a superhero battle and kids and families were killed. And so there's public outcry. You need to register these superheroes. They basically need to be like superpowered police officers. They're like living weapons. You can't just have them unregistered. Exactly. There has to be oversight. You have to point them in the right direction and have the the correct procedures. Cap side said, no, that's a violation of our freedoms. Iron Man said, no, this needs to happen. And that's why it was a civil war. Hero fighting hero. Caught in the dead center, that was Spider-Man. Um, prior to that event, he was working with Iron Man. Iron Man and building this really awesome tech the, suit. The Iron Spider the Iron, suit, yes. which is such a cool outfit. Because it actually had extra limbs, yes. too. But they all used Stark technology, so it had like cameras on it. Mm-hmm. He was just like... He looked awesome. He had the red and gold uh, color scheme going on, yeah, too. Yeah, it looked like an Iron Man-Spider-Man hybrid suit. It was really cool. He could like blend into the shadows and th- I mean he had some really cool stuff they did so he was kind of loyal to Tony Stark yeah. and Spider-Man more than anyone probably had guarded his secret identity I mean he's done things to guard it and halfway through the comic he gets in a press conference rips his mask off in the last panels I'm Peter Parker I've been Spider-Man since I was 15 years old yeah. and that's how that issue ends and everyone loses their mind because he's registering publicly like that yeah they didn't own Spider-Man, so when they were making the movie, they um, they hired Chadwick Boseman. He was the guy who played uh, Jackie Robinson in that movie, 42. Yeah. Really good film, if you haven't seen it. It's yeah. fantastic. He's a great actor. He's going to be playing Black Panther. A lot of speculation was, well, we don't own Spider-Man. Daredevil's going to be in a TV show on Netflix. Let's put Black Panther in the Spider-Man role. And then that's going to kickstart him, and then he gets his own film. Now, gotcha. he's still going to yeah. be in it. He's still going to have his own film, yeah. but now that Spider-Man's in Captain America's Civil War, I'm thinking he's going to be pushed to the background. They're going to redo the script and things like that. And that's a shame because, and without trying to get into race or anything like that, um, Marvel's done a pretty good job. I mean, Nick Fury being played by Sam Jackson, um, Anthony Mackie, fantastic casting as Falcon. Really aren't any other black characters. That's true. And having That's a true. really strong and a really uh, fan loved character like Black Panther having a yeah. major role. Yeah. Would have been really cool to see, and now it's kind of fallen to the wayside. Well, yeah, and that's, and I mean, race aside, that's one of the biggest gripes that people that are not in the comic book community have is that it's not just racist in a sense. And I'm not saying that they are, but there's a very little minority support. You don't see a lot of uh, Hispanic superheroes you don't see a lot of uh, black superheroes you don't see a lot of asian superheroes you don't see a lot of positive female superheroes that aren't scantily clad or dumb or just there as eye candy and i mentioned it in one of the first podcasts that we did that i was mad that they were going to do an ant-man movie before we were even going to see a wonder woman movie that's right because wonder woman is such an incredible character that you can do and modernize and do so many great things with why are we not seeing that and I mean, I didn't know as much. I mean, I'm glad that you know all this stuff. I mean, this is why we're a team yeah. on this kind, of, this kind of thing. I didn't know that they were going to do that with the new that, uh, I mean, that was, movie. to be fair, that was speculation. Oh, okay. But knowing how strong they are 
with following the source material, yeah. it was pretty educated speculation. Makes, like there was yeah. some pretty solid evidence that was the way yeah. they were going to go. But now it's kind of be the the story that never was. Now that they have the right to use yeah. Spider Man, yeah. And the only thing that I worry about, and, and you said the downsides to this, um, when you start trying to do a team up, when you have so many moving parts, so many superheroes, you, you lose a little bit of something because somebody has to be the main character. Somebody has to be the focal point and you can't give all of these awesome characters their just due. And a perfect example of this is a movie that we were talking about before we started recording today, how it just did not meet expectations was X-Men 3. Yes. X-Men 3 had so many different characters that they wanted to include in it that you never really got to see anything real substantial. And... I actually, um, in talk, I was getting ready to write an article about how much I really enjoyed the new X-Men movies, the ones you let me borrow on Blu-ray. Yeah, First um, Class and Days of Future yeah, Past. Yeah, First Class and Days of Future Past were awesome. But I started thinking about why I had never seen those movies before, and I remembered because I was soured by X3. So it turned off. By yeah. The yeah. Yeah, and I went in and actually did some research as to why X3 was so bad. And for the longest time, I always blamed Brett Ratner, the director. Because it just made sense. You were just like, oh, it was all Ratner's fault. Well, it turns out Ratner, because I knew Ratner knew better than to make bad movies. He made Red Dragon. He directed the Red Dragon with um, Ed Norton and Ray Fiennes. Okay. Um, I, I love that movie. I thought it was great. I remember That's part the of the, the Hannibal series, right? With yeah. the Science and Lambs and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So the guy knows how to take something that was written and turn it into a decent movie. But the problem with X3 was is X3 got just thrown around so many different times because originally it was supposed to be Brian Singer. Right. But Brian Singer chose to do Superman because when he was growing up and what inspired him to become a director in the first place was the original Superman movie. So the, he was, the Richard Donner. Yeah. Okay. The, the Richard Donner original Superman with uh, Christopher Reeve. And he got a chance. Warner Brothers was like, we want you to do the next Superman movie. And for him, it was like the childhood dream. Yeah. At, very much like J.J. Abrams doing Star Wars now. And he was like, I have to do this. This is going to be my love letter to the Richard Donner Superman movie in doing Superman Returns. And he couldn't turn down that to make X-Men as much as he wanted to. Right. And 20th Century Fox was like, look, we can't just dropped uh, X-Men. We can't just let it go. We're not going to let... Um, for a lot of reasons, other yeah. than just the moneymaker, yeah. but we're talking about these rights. If yeah. they don't make a movie every so often with those characters, the yeah. they revert back. Yeah, and what they ended up doing was is they were like, look, we have, a, we have a deadline. We have a date that this movie needs to come out. So, Brian Singer, we love you, buddy. See you later. And he went to go do Superman. He took uh, James Marsden with him, too. Yeah, who was Cyclops in, in yeah. the X-Men movies. So, what ended up happening was this 20th Century Fox was so mad that the situation didn't work the way that they wanted to. So they actually had um, Zach Penn and I cannot remember the other guy's name who wrote um, the other guy who wrote uh, the X-Men and X-Men 2 mm -hmm. stories uh, for the movies because they were writing X-3 as well. Right. Um, but basically they were writing that and 20th Century Fox to them said, said to them specifically, you have to kill Cyclops. And they were like, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that's that's not the, the best idea. Um, but actually, what ended up, they essentially ended up talking them into it. And I'm pulling it up because I actually have the notes here for it. Um, this is what they said. And this made me sick to my stomach when I read this. Um, so 20th Century Fox said to, uh, it was Simon Kinberg, Simon Kinberg and Zach Penn, said to them, hey, you can't make Cyclops the main character in X3. It needs to be Wolverine. Wolverine needs to be the main love interest, even though we know it's Cyclops. Have just have him die off screen. They were like, no, if we're going to kill him, we need to at least kill him. We have to have Jean Grey kill him. So they had Jean Grey kill him, but this is why they said that he needed to die. With Cyclops, you can't see his eyes. It's a harder character to relate to for the audience. 
No. Because I'm, I, it's it's there. This wow. is taken word for word. Then that's why they felt that you couldn't make Cyclops the main character. That it had to be Wolverine. What, like what a joke that is. Yeah. And this is the this is why I'm worried. This is why I'm worried about this because I feel like this is such a coup that they got all these moving parts together that Sony's going to have something to say and Marvel's going to have something to say and whoever's like who owns them oh Disney right Disney's going to have something to say and you're going to have all of these studios and producers like just putting their fingers into this pot and it's going to ruin it because you're going to have oh well you have to do this and you have to have Spider-Man say this and you have to have uh, uh, Aunt May show up oh and you have to have uh, Mary Jane show up at some point too and if you don't have that then it's not going to be a good movie and you get all these things forced into this story that it's going to suck you get a too many cooks in the kitchen sort of situation yeah. going on. And and the thing that we're all forgetting, the movie is titled Captain America yeah. Civil War. Like, uh, ostensibly, it's supposed to be his film. It's supposed to be a um, cat movie, and the biggest news is going to be... Not him. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, And that's that's why I'm worried. And, and maybe that's just... Maybe this is because I grew up when I did. I grew up in a time where we saw Batman Forever, which I, I thought was okay. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I loved it when I was a kid. But I got to see Batman and Robin, and that was awful. Yeah, it really was. And and we see these things that are supposed to be great, these things that came from our childhood, from comic books, from video games, from whatever, and they do them, and then they're not good. And that's the worry that I have with this. But we've also seen that they, they nailed Avengers. Avengers was dead on. Yeah. It was such a good movie. Batman, when they redid Batman, when they reset it with... Uh, uh, like Nolan and, yeah. and Christian Bale, yeah. Yeah, with, with The Dark Knight, and with uh, Dark Knight Rises, and with Batman Begins... Those were so well done. Like, when he... And Batman Begins, when he grabs the fat cop and pulls him up, and he's like, where are the drugs? And he's like, I don't know, I swear. And he goes, swear to me! Yeah. That was Batman's voice. That was the voice I pictured when I was a kid when, when I read the comic. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I just feel like we're gonna... Something's gonna happen here, and there's no way... It's, it's like Christmas. There's no way it's gonna meet your expectations. What gives me hope for all of it is the reason the first Avengers movie worked yeah. is because all of the backstory and all of the setup happened in the original movies. Yeah. So you didn't need all that, and I'm hoping that for the whole cinematic universe you get a snowball effect where they started rolling that snowball with Iron Man, the first one, and it's gained so much momentum and so much strength yes. that they have the capability of adding the story of Spider-Man and the things that they need to do to satisfy all these different parties in Cap 3 yeah. and still give a strong production. I mean, I didn't really know what to expect going into Winter Soldier oh, yeah. because so many people, you know, the Captain America first Avenger, that was like their least favorite of the whole Marvel. And now, yeah. maybe other than Guardians, Winter Soldier is one of their favorites. I mean, that movie yeah. was amazing. And so yeah. I'm hoping that the strength of the early films and keeping that momentum going yeah. is going to give them enough strength to pull through on some of the tougher challenges you're mentioning with this new one. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's... You're making a Captain America movie and people are going to be more worried about Spider-Man. And you're... I feel like they're shoehorning him in in this case. Having him around is good, but you know what would have been even better? Is if they have him and they're like, cool... We've got an idea for him already. We've already got our plan for what we're going to do. Starting with Avengers 3, you're going to see Spider-Man. Or starting after we finish the ones that we're working on right now. Because they're literally going to go back, like you said. They're going to go back and fit him in. The, and and they already have. Other than yeah. Avengers and um, Ant-Man, which were pretty much already done. Yeah, but really um, with Spider-Man and Ant-Man, other than the fact that they're both, you know... Like, Avengers, yeah, they're not... 
yeah. buddy buddy so oh, much. I was gonna say bu- I was gonna say bugs, but like <laughs> yeah. something you squash with a, a tissue. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the rest of the movies that because the Marvel has released a timeline. They told yeah. you the next ten movies from Age of Ultron all the way out till 2019 with Avengers: Infinity War Part Two. Yeah. Uh, there's ten movies. They've already situated that a Spider-Man movie is going to fit in, and all of those movies have been pushed back, uh, starting with yeah. Thor Ragnarok, which is Thor 3. Yeah. That's the first one that got pushed back, and everything subsequently. So, yeah. to your point about having a strong female lead, yeah. um, Marvel has plans for a female movie. It's Captain Marvel following Carol Danvers' really awesome character. Yeah. That wasn't already coming out until 2018, and now it's pushed back probably till, till 2019. I'd have to check the new updated timeline, but, um, you know, those kind of things. So... I love the news. I, again, yeah. it sounds like we're like just destroying it, and this is the worst thing that could know, ever happen. Still, I mean, it's, still really it's cool. exciting. I'm really happy for it, but yeah. there are a few downsides that I don't yeah. think everyone's talking about at this yeah. point. Um, the other topic about it that people are, are talking about too is who's going to play Spider-Man? How is he going to be revealed? Yeah. How much screen time is he actually going to have on Civil War? To what we talked about, I'd be fine if he was like the mid-credits. Like, they did a little piece, and they kept the Black Panther story that they were going to go with, that everyone was speculating, yeah. and then he kind of swings in in the post-credits and then gets his own movie. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine not even knowing who the actor is. Like, it's some kind of mystery thing. He's only in the suit. You never see never him. Never his mask off, yeah. Exactly, and he's in the post-credits. Yeah. It's a real teaser. Everyone, then, for, for a year is losing their mind. Who is it? Who yeah. played yeah. Spider-Man? And it's like uncredited, they keep it under wraps, yeah. and then it's revealed in his own standalone movie. Yeah. Boy, would that generate some excitement without taking away from the actual story. That would be really, really cool. That would be very well done. I mean, and you could still include him in Civil War. You just take certain parts of his story aspect and put it in there. You don't, again, you don't have to have him take his mask off and say, hey, I'm Peter Parker. You can still have that go to Black Panther, but you can have him show up and you can have him be like hesitant to really do anything because he was hesitant in the in the comic line about who to side with. Exactly. But one of the one of the things that I loved was there was a line where Spidey's kind of torn about what's going on and he's talking to Cap and Cap says to him he goes, "You know, being a patriot isn't about just blindly following what your government wants you to do. He's like being a good American is about sometimes standing up and saying, "No, government, you're wrong." And I'm standing for what is right. He's like and and that was like one of the most powerful lines. And that was an interaction between him and Spider-Man. Now, granted, you could have it with—I mean, you can have it with anybody because it's Cap's line, and Cap essentially said the same thing in Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's practically what that movie was about. Yeah. Was um, and very subtle. I mean, not subtly, but yeah. it didn't detract from the the story. Was yeah. um, the divide between privacy and security, yeah. which is a big topic nowadays with how much we put our information online and things oh, yeah. like that, yeah. um, and then. Really, like you said, there, what is right versus what is following your government? Those yeah. those dividing lines, because he does walk away from Shield, which is essentially a government body, yeah. and fight against them because he knows that they're in the wrong with yeah. how they've been infiltrated by Hydra. Yeah, I mean, I just think that you could do. It's just exciting because, and I even put it up on the on the on the uh, the page, like the um, I have a quick uh what's it called, like, title card for, for Spidey, and it says, yeah. Welcome Home, Spidey. Because that's that's how it feels. It, it feels like they're bringing him home. And what I would like is, because, honestly, after reading all that stuff about 20th Century Fox with X-Men, I would love for them to do the same thing with the X-Men. Yeah. I would love for them to say, you know what, if we're going to do Civil War, let's do Civil War right. 
you know, or, okay, hang on just a second. I just had this moment where I just, I almost like leaped out of my chair. Um, <laughs> Avengers vs. X-Men. Yeah, that was one of the biggest storylines for Oh my god, ago. that was <laughs> such a, did you read it? Oh yeah. It was so good. And it like, because I've, and I've, I've professed my love for him before and I'll do it again. Cyclops has always been my favorite X-Men. And what they've done with Cyclops in the X-Men series in the last, I'd say three to five years, they've made him go from being the blue Boy Scout, which, I mean, that's Superman's nickname, but, like, he's always been, like, this... The I'm right, yeah. yeah. I'm the leader, you know, I'm, you know, my hair is perfectly quaffed, and I'm, you know, always... There's a line that I will not cross. And I'm very cleanly (laughs) shaven, but, you know, there's this kind of, like, sadness to me, and we don't know where it's coming from, and we don't know what's going on. Well... Quick recap, if you guys don't know, uh, there was this awesome storyline they did where there was the 12 with Apocalypse. Remember the yep. whole... Yeah. And what it was is it was, like, gathering the 12 strongest mutants together and essentially, like, making them all, like, join into one big super-powered force and Apocalypse is going to steal all their essence to essentially keep himself alive infinitely. Well, the plan backfired and something went wrong and they were like, oh my god, Apocalypse is going to destroy the world, we need to do something. And Cyclops stepped up and was like, I'll take his essence, essentially absorb his essence into me, because I, I can handle it, because I'm, I'm dealing with this insane power that comes shooting out of my eyes, because his eyes are essentially a gateway to another dimension, and that energy that comes out of his eyes is essentially energy from another dimension, so his eyes are a portal. So he absorbs Apocalypse into his own body, and then they disappear in a flash. We never see him. We don't know what happens to him. They're gone. And then Cyclops shows back up months later, like issues later, and he's different, he's changed because of Apocalypse, because right. of them melding together. And his character changed. Instead of him being the Blue Boy Scout, he was now all of a sudden, he was kind of a badass. Yeah. And at one point, um, like... He had traits yeah. that why people like Wolverine. Exactly. Because he did the right thing, but not yeah. always the right way. Yeah, and he was, he stood up for himself now. He wasn't just this pushover anymore. And like, unfortunately, Jean Grey at one point dies again in the comic book series. And him, uh, Cyclops and Emma Frost have kind of this... Yeah, relationship because yeah. apparently Cyclops just loves him some some telepaths, um, and she ends up like saying to him, "Well, maybe the reason why you can't control your optic blast is because you've imposed that on yourself, and you you've made this reason why you can't control it your like heel, your Achilles heel, your your weakness." Um, That's how it defines you exactly. Yeah. yeah, and she essentially makes it so that he doesn't have to do that anymore, and he can control it whenever he wants. You actually see his regular eyes. And you get to see this great change with Take him. that, Fox. Yes, exactly. you can do it. <laughs> exactly. You can see his eyes. You know, you could have used Jean Grey to do that. You bunch of jerks. Um, but, like, you have this character. You have Cyclops, who's no longer this, like, altruistic, like, choir boy. And you put him up against the Avengers? Like, how awesome is that? Now, granted, if, if you guys haven't read the comic book series, I'll give you a quick teaser on it. You should really check it out. It it's is really, really one of the good. best, like, crossover yeah. events. It's very, yeah. very well done. The Phoenix Force comes back to Earth looking for Jean Grey, essentially, looking for another host. And everybody knows that the Phoenix Force is coming back. And, and what the Phoenix Force is, it's this cosmic energy that yeah. a person inhabits, and they're like one of the most powerful things in the universe. Yeah, so. it's the Phoenix Saga. It's where Jean Grey gets possessed by that thing, and she can turn into a flaming Phoenix. If you watch thing. the 90s X-Men cartoon, yeah, exactly. you know exactly what we're talking about. Exactly, yeah. Um, it comes back to Earth, but Jean Grey's been dead for years now. And it ends up, instead of just inhabiting one... It inhabits Rachel Summers, who Rachel Summers is... Cyclops and Jean Grey's kid from the future, like it's from a different timeline. Yeah, it's, just like just like yeah. Cable, just yeah. like X Men, just yeah. like everyone, Hope. an alternate dimension yeah. child of the future <laughs> that comes back to live with the X Men in the present. I'm waiting for when they deem that Bishop actually was one of their kids at some point. They had a lot of kids in the future, <laughs> yeah. apparently. But 
Um, either way, it comes back and inhabits Rachel Summers, and something happens along the way, and the Phoenix Force splits and divides, and it possesses five. into five pieces. Yeah, and it, uh, one of the people that inhabits is Cyclops, and he's the last one that's holding the Phoenix Force, and it's just an incredible storyline seeing Cyclops and the X-Men versus the Avengers and, and seeing the difference between, and Cyclops has an awesome line where he basically calls Captain America out, and he's like, you know... You guys are talking about how you're, you know, you're superheroes and you're defending the world, but you always treated mutant like the, you know, the redhead stepchildren of the world. And he's like, and I will resent you forever for that. And yeah. you're just like, whoa, like there is some, some grit to Cyclops now. Yeah. The Phoenix Force definitely drew out like the darker power craving side, all the things yeah. that Scott had suppressed for years. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, God, if Fox could team up with Marvel and do that story. Yeah. Uh, they would make all the money. Like, there's yeah. just no limit How to what they could do. How could you not want to see that? Yeah. Tony Stark versus Iron Man. And even, or, I, Tony Stark versus Iron Man. He, well, Iron, Man versus, yeah. Iron Man versus Wolverine. And, uh, Captain America uh, versus Cyclops. Say, Hugh Jackman even yeah. has come out in reports and said, yeah. I would love to be in the Marvel Universe as Wolverine. Yeah. I'd love to see Wolverine go toe-to-toe with Tony Stark and Iron Man. Yeah. I'd love to see who would win that fight. And yeah. so, I mean, even the actors, and Hugh Jackman, I mean, they have made that franchise around him. Oh, yeah. He holds the record for playing the one superhero character more than any other actor. Yeah. So if you're going to listen to one actor who plays a superhero, it's him, and he wants it. I mean, how great would that be, though? I mean, that's, like, that's, I feel like that's realistic. Now, granted, we've all had that, like, who would win in a fight, you know, the the X-Men or Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> Asking DC and Marvel to combine is, is a little bit of a taller task. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is reasonable, I think. Especially if the movies, Captain America and the standalone Spider-Man yeah. movie, um, if Sony and Marvel make money, like, hand over fist, yeah. and it turns out to be one of the biggest box office draws of all time or whatever. Yeah. Then I think Marvel would have some leverage to go knocking on Fox's door or vice versa. Yeah. Like, talks would start. Yeah. Um, you might get into the thing you were talking about. If adding Spider-Man is a little too much for all these parties, yeah. adding all of the Avengers and all of the X-Men and trying to do a story with all of that, there'd have to be a good bit of setup for it. But that's the thing, though, is you don't have to do... That's the great thing about the X-Men. And they established this when Jim Lee started his line in the 90s. And again... Shameless plug for uh, Great Geek Refuge. We did a Nostalgia November article about this. Yes. I, I wrote an article about this. Um, about really the X-Men. good one, too. Oh, thanks. Uh, about the X-Men, because I, I absolutely love the X-Men. And about it, um, how he, it, the 90s shaped what the X-Men have become now. And when Jim Lee took over the line, the X-Men was this giant team. And it's always been a pretty big team. And what he did was is he compartmentalized it. He took the blue team which was Cyclops, Wolverine, Jubilee, um, Psylocke, Beast, Gambit, and had them as, like, the strike team. They were the front front force. And then the gold team, which was Jean Grey, Archangel, Beast, Iceman, Professor Xavier, Bishop, had them in, like, a support role. But what happened was is the Uncanny X-Men was the series for that. And that, that was the gold team. And then the blue team was X-Men. And that was, like, the focal point for them. But they no, crossed no over with each other. So just, just, it was X-Men. Just X-Men, yeah. So you do the blue team. You do the blue team versus the Avengers. You know? Cyclops, um, Wolverine, Gambit. I would Gambit. be fine even just seeing the original yeah. five, too. 
uh, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Iceman, Beast, Angel. Yeah. I think that gives yeah. you enough diversity. There. And I actually flipped the two. Beast is supposed to be on the blue team, so sorry, all you X Men fans out there. Um, but <laughs> please write into Great Geek Refuge now. Yeah, yeah. That's um, crazy. yeah. But yeah, I, I would find seeing either that team, yeah. or the original five, or even do what you did with the movie, where you had it as Storm, uh, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Wolverine. Wolverine. And am I missing somebody there? I mean, Iceman and Rogue, but they were like kids, but they've kind of grown up. Yeah, that's I, true. My favorite was always Colossus. I want to see Colossus in like a major role. Yeah. Um, not just more of a supporting role like he has been, but I mean, I want to see the fastball special. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to see it in X3, but X3 was so bad that you almost like forget, <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you could do that. You could do a small X-Men team. Um... Because, I mean, and that's the other thing, too, is you'd have to change some of the continuity with it, because they've, in that part portion of the comic book, uh, Professor Xavier is dead, which mm. I don't think they want to do in the movies. I don't think they want to kill him. Because they did kill him in 3, but then they brought him back 20 minutes later. So, I don't think that they're willing to kill um, Patrick Stewart for this, so you'd have to find a way to have him go against the Avengers. I could really see with what they've done with James McAvoy. Holy crap, I just figured out what they could do. So, they've already announced that with Apocalypse, with X-Men Apocalypse... They're going to do, they've done, they did the 60s X-Men, which was yep. first class. They did the 70s X-Men, which was Days of Future Past. The 80s X-Men is going to be uh, Apocalypse. Yeah, and it's going to be young Cyclops, young yeah. Jean Grey, and young Storm. So yeah. the same characters, but when they were kids in the school, yeah. not when they were teachers like X, 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, so you put it in the 90s, and you put the Avengers versus the X-Men then. So you still have Professor Xavier around... And them still, like, the whole mutant, like, being cast aside, mutants not being part of society, and the Avengers essentially working for humans. That's what the Avengers do. Because most of them essentially are humans. Right. There really are like, no mutants working for the Avengers. Yeah, they, a lot of them are, are deemed meta-humans. Exactly. Where they're, they're humans yeah. that have powers, but they were... Yeah through accident or some kind of yeah. uh, technology or something, mutants yeah. are born with it. It's a genetic anomaly that gives exactly. them their powers. And I think you could have a real defined split between the two. And you can have Professor Xavier saying, look, you know, we're being mistreated and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And the government essentially, again, Mutant Registration Act, we saw that in the X-Men series, but also, too, the uh, Civil War storyline. So you could very easily tie these together, where you have the Avengers saying, look, this is government mandate now. We're coming after you. And and Professor Xavier is saying, no, this is a safe haven. You can't come here. And, again, easily convinced. The government says, no, we're sending people in. X-Men versus Avengers. I would, oh, that would be such a great movie. Yeah, I mean, other than the figuring out how to mash the timelines, because Civil War takes place in 2015 in the 90s, yeah. but there'd yeah. be yeah, easy, one-line of dialogue, you yeah. can, you can make something happen. And the Registration Act has been in the comic book since, like, the 70s. So, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, that very... was, that's always been a storyline, because yeah. the, the X-Men were always an analogy for persecuted persons. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, uh, Minority races, yeah. um, homosexual people, people who yeah. were marginalized and looked down upon. Yeah. Um, the X-Men was supposed to be the comic book version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it would be very easy to make that kind of storyline jive with a lot of audiences. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's it's so funny thinking the things that you thought when you were a kid or when you had action figures and you would have them fighting each other. Yeah. You know, you're like, you're like, oh, I'm Wolverine. Oh, I'm the, the Hulk. Are we gonna, blah, blah, blah. Then you'd have them fight each other. But then you're like, there's no way there'd ever be a movie about this. And now, 
It might be. The pieces are starting to come together. Yeah. And it really might happen. And I gotta say, like, mentioning the Hulk and Wolverine, how cool would it be if we got to see that infamous scene? There's, again, going back to comic books, there's a scene that they did within the last couple of years where um, the Hulk, Bruce Banner, has gone into, um, he's gone to Tibet, and he's, like, meditating with monks, and he's learning how to keep himself centered so he doesn't turn into the Hulk. And Wolverine comes after him, looking for him, and I can't remember exactly the reason why. But you essentially have Wolverine versus the Hulk in the mountains of Tibet. And the epic scene is the Hulk grabbing Wolverine and ripping him in half. <laughs> Legs over here, down one mountain, body over here, down one mountain, and just leaving him there. Now Wolverine can heal himself, so all he's got to do is crawl his way over to his legs and... Reattach himself. And reattach him, essentially, yeah. But, like, it was just... I still remember seeing that splash page of him getting ripped in <laughs> Literally half. Literally a splash page, a splash I imagine. Guts and blood, yeah. yeah like, because, you know, that the adamantium skeleton's great and all, but, you know, well, your, it's, your yeah. tendons and muscles aren't made of adamantium, too. And but, there's so. history behind that. Wolverine, as a character, first appeared, I believe it was... Hulk 181 yeah, that was, was the one. very first yeah. appearance of Wolverine ever. Um, so, you know, it makes sense that you'd eventually see those two going yeah. toe-to-toe. Yeah. Uh, an equal fight there. I, I love the news about Spider-Man coming through yeah. because it yeah. not only gives us hope for what Spider-Man's going to do, but these kind of conversations. You know, exactly. we are one step closer to seeing Avengers versus X-Men. You know, exactly. maybe the Fantastic Four and Silver Surfer you know, if they work with Fox, maybe they can team up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, seeing that yeah, kind of stuff right. could happen in the because future. Because that's all, and then again, like you mentioned too, um, at one point, the X-Men, and it was the original X-Men, it was uh, Cyclops, I- Iceman, um, Jean Archangel, Grey, Beast, and, and Angel. Yeah, uh, formed X-Factor. Yes. And when they were part of X-Factor, they had ship. The and, living ship that yeah. Peter Quill was on. Yeah, yeah, Exactly. And, like, there, that's a perfect tie together. You could have the X-Men and the Guardians of the Galaxy interacting with each other. Because right then now, you get the, the Shi'ar. Yeah, you get the Shi'ar Empire, and that has... They're out in, the, yeah. Yeah, wherever the heck they are, out in the universe. And they interact with the X-Men, but then they interact with everybody else, too. And then you see the Kroll. The Kroll are the same thing. They interact with... No, the, the, the Kree and the Scrolls. Scroll oh, is that, Skrull, is that yeah. movie from the eighties where that guy threw that like boomerang thing? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the glaive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, with the Guardians, uh, the the galaxy there, I mean, it just shows how much the movies are making impact. They went from having one title with Marvel to three. Yeah, and they have a crossover right now with the X Men. Yeah, it's called saying, uh, yeah. the Black Vortex, yeah. uh, where it's the Guardians of the Galaxy and the X Men teaming up with looking into this ancient thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean. The comics are starting to mirror the movies, and the movies are mirroring the comics. It's all kind of yep. congealing into one big entity. Um, so seeing those different things, like I would love to see like a, a space team up where you have you know Silver Surfer, Guardians of the Galaxy, and, like Nova flying around and, and yep. fighting Thanos, or um, with them developing Doctor Strange. Not with Nicolas Cage, but you could bring Ghost Rider into the mix, and they could team up. Like the idea of all these different team ups with these different properties. You could see Spider-Man, Punisher, and Daredevil running around like they do in the comics. There's I, so many cool things you could do. Because, again, I loved the Punisher. I, I really did. And I think that... Um, I always think back to that... It was like when the Xbox 360 first came out. The Marvel Ultimate Alliance video game. Oh, I have them both. I love oh, those games. Man, that first one, though, where you got a little bit of everybody. You had Iron Man. You had the all the Avengers. 
But then you got Black Panther, and you got some of the X-Men, and then you got Doctor Strange, and you got Ghost Rider. You had all of these people that you could combine together, and you could just interchange them and do whatever for this ultimate event that was going on, where they were essentially, at the end, I think they were fighting Doctor Doom, weren't they? Yeah, and there was, like, evil clones of the Fantastic Four and stuff. Yeah, it was basically a roster of 50 heroes, and you could pick out any four you want. The sequel to that is Civil War. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you start off and you do a couple missions and then you pick your side, whether you want to go with Captain yeah. or with Iron Man, and you yeah. play out the Civil War battles there. Um, so it's uh, just really exciting to see yeah. all these different possibilities, all these things starting to come together yeah. like we've hoped since day one, since they're Absolutely. like, we're going to make an X-Men movie in the 1990s, yeah. so... You know, this is probably going to be our longest podcast Absolutely. we've ever had. And I think that at this point, um, let's just keep rolling because I just thought of something. Um, a buddy of mine, uh, when I mentioned the Spider-Man crossover and Spider-Man mm-hmm. coming over to the Marvel Universe, a buddy of mine, Eric, uh, mentioned, he was like, oh my God, what about Venom? Yeah. And he, I told him, I was like, you know what, we will talk about Venom. I will write an article about Venom. And I, I have every intention of writing an article too, but I do want to talk about him too. I feel like Venom got the... Um, the Bane treatment. Um, Bane in Batman and Robin got <laughs> that is appropriate. Yeah. Bane got introduced in Batman and Robin for like ten seconds, and he was the most awful character ever. He was horrendous, and it, it soured them on Bane so bad, which is awful because Bane was such a good character in the comic books that they didn't. Sh- Bane didn't show up again until Bat- uh, until the Dark Knight Rises. I feel like this is the same thing that happened to Venom. Venom got wasted on Spider Man Three. Because you had Sandman, you had the new Goblin, you had Venom, and it was played by Topher Grace. Really? I mean, great actor for, like, comedy and stuff, I don't but... want Eric Foreman being Venom. Like, yeah. I'm not interested in that. They've, I feel like they've done so many good things with Venom. Venom was such a cool character. Like, mid-90s, he was where it was at. You couldn't beat him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, they started introducing weird stuff into him, like, where he wanted to eat people's brains and stuff. Like, that. I just think that was funny. Um, but I still think he's a really, really cool character, and I think that that could be done justice as well. But I wanted to bring this into the conversation. What comic book characters do you feel they've either done something wrong, they've wronged them in some way, and you want to see redemption, or one that hasn't even been touched on that you really want to see? Mine would be Venom. They've got a couple of different incarnations, because you've got the regular Venom, who's just the symbiote, he's kind of crazy, he's got all the powers of Spider-Man, but eventually he becomes kind of a, uh, a villain, but he also becomes a hero at one point, too. So you've got kind of that anti-hero thing that you could do with him. Um, but also they did something really interesting with him where they did that variant where they take the symbiote suit and they fuse it to Flash Thompson. Yeah. Flash Thompson was a... Um, He's like was, a paraplegic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they basically turn him into like a super soldier. And what ends up happening is if he doesn't follow orders or like uses the Venom suit too much, it like takes over his brain or something like that or it kills him. They have like a kill switch yeah. uh, on him. And that's... They've done some really interesting things with them, and I think that you could really expand on that. And the guy that originally was Venom, Eddie Brock, yeah. he became a, a anti-villain. I, I don't know what he, the, the, he's not an anti-hero. He's not a villain. Yeah. You know, he's not a hero called Anti Venom. Yeah, and he can like cure people. Like he, it, it's a whole thing. So they definitely yeah, it was like off. the it was like an inverse of his suit. It was a white suit with like the black exactly spider um, on the front. Yeah, and and then obviously like Carnage and all that. I mean, they have. Yeah. Hundreds of different symbiotes out That's there. That's what I want them to do with Spider-Man. I would Carnage. love to see Maximum Carnage. Um, you have to introduce Venom first, though. Exactly. I mean, they, yeah. you have to do that. Uh, as far as your question about who they, I think, could serve better, even though he's been in two movies, I still think they haven't hit the definitive Green Goblin because he's so much a major point 
in the yeah. comics. Yeah. Uh, Willem Dafoe was okay. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, and, yeah. and the overall Spider-Man 1 was a good movie. Yeah. I, like everyone else, really hated the suit. You know, the green Power Ranger suit, as everyone calls it, and stuff like yeah. that. But it was kind of early on in superhero movies. They probably didn't give him the budget that they needed to do that right. Yeah. And he was so shoehorned in to Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, they basically threw him in at the last minute, and it was Harry and not Norman. And I think Norman Osborn has to be the Green Goblin. He is the Green Goblin. Yeah. So, even though it's been done, and it, for some reason in Spider-Man movies, because he has a laundry list of... 700 different villains that he's fought. Every new Spider-Man movie is like, well, we got to pick out a new one. We can't, we can't keep doing the same ones. Yeah. Uh, they haven't done uh, Vulture yet. Let's do that. Or they haven't done Mysterio. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, I would be fine if the new standalone Spider-Man is him, and they just absolutely nail the Green Goblin. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. The other one that really I didn't care for either was Doctor Doom. Doctor Christian Doctor Doctor Christian Troy Doom, yeah. and from what I've heard about the new Fantastic Four, yeah. it's going to be even worse. Uh, the guy I don't even yeah. know who the guy is who's playing him, yeah. and his backstory is he is it's like a, a computer hacker. Isn't he's he? a hacker that goes by the name Doom. It's so, like it's, it's so, so lame. Like Doctor Doom oh. is this malevolent leader of a small Eastern European country. He has an entire country. At his beck and yeah, call. Dark, dark magic and all this other stuff. You're he's, turn, him he's, a, turn him into a nerdy, dork computer hacker? He, like, he blends science and magic together to basically do whatever he wants. He's almost as strong magically as Doctor Strange. Yeah. He's almost as smart scientifically as, as Mr. Fantastic. Story. So, I mean, when you have that kind of force, an entire resource of the country, and I won't be surprised, I haven't read anything, but his country, Latveria, is his, like, chat rumors website. And I'm just going to be like so angry with how they do it. I got a really bad feeling about this one. I so really I. do. And I've been... there. I don't know why Fox is doing this again. And I think that what's going to happen is we might see the inverse happen with them. Is they'll have the, the Fantastic Four and this one's going to crap the bed and they're going to end up giving up on it. And Disney's going to get a hold of it. And when Disney gets a hold of it, all bets are off. Yeah. Because once Disney gets a hold of it, they've got... Disney just has more resources than anybody else. And I feel like they can put the right team of writers on there and put the right actors and mix it together. Or, you know what, not even do that and do it as a cartoon and have all of a sudden Fantastic Four meets Big Hero 6. Like, you can do whatever... They can do whatever they want because they're Disney. Yeah. And people would love it because, again... Talk about having a country's worth of resources. Exactly, That's basically Disney. That's Disney. They are Doctor Doom. Like I'm gonna have to Photoshop that now. That's, like that's Walt happening. Disney dresses Dar- Doctor Doom. Is <laughs> a Doctor Doom mascot done and done? Um, I just uh, yeah, like I uh, some some other that haven't been served right. Um, like you said, Doctor Doom uh, hasn't uh, yeah dead on. Like he's like one of the most notorious villains in yeah. all of Marvel comics. He yeah. he can go toe to toe with anyone. Yeah, and it just didn't feel that way in the movies. I think they. I, I felt like the first two. Uh, the Fantastic Four and then Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer I, I still liked him I thought he was a good Doctor Doom but they didn't do enough it was just like you scratched the surface and I liked what I saw but like if you could have done more with that because Doctor Christian Troy like he and we keep calling him that I can't remember the guy's real name like the actor's name but like uh-huh. it'll come to me later on Yeah, Christian Troy's character in Nip Tuck was the ultimate narcissist was like the and that's what fit well with Doom. It's like, he didn't really have to get into character. It was just like, hey, 
And all I you gotta do is put a metal mask on and you're Doctor Doom. And he's like, oh, okay, no Willem Dafoe for both of me. Like, yeah. they were better as the person. He was a better Victor Von Doom than he was a Doctor Doom. I see like, what you're in the scenes where he was like, I'm a smug asshole and I'm yeah. I'm I'm the guy that's uh, with Invisible Woman. Like, he yeah. was the jerk. Yeah, I believe that a hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't buy him as Doctor Doom when he was in the metal gotcha. suit and he was being the bad guy yeah. I didn't buy those scenes and much I think you, you gotta that, have like, someone that can do both much the same way that like um, George Clooney was an excellent Bruce Wayne but an awful Batman perfect Yeah. and when I was thinking about we were talking about the Green Goblin not being served well like I was saying yeah. like who would be and I was like what about um, John Hamm you know he would be but no yeah. he wouldn't be a good green goblin he yeah. would be a good norman osborne with yeah. the slick back hair and everything yeah. he i he, i could buy him as norman yeah. i don't think he could do the crazy maniacal laughing always, and scooting around on the the glider and stuff to tie him into ethan stone i've always pictured john ham as ethan stone he would make a great yeah. ethan stone yeah oh, cuz he's he got would. that like film noir he's, that's pretty much what he does on mad men anyways uh, but then like um michael chiklis would be the, would be um seth, seth. Yeah. yeah those yeah. are yeah yeah so when you're reading those comics, think about those two, and yeah. you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but, um, yeah. I, yeah, and that's one weakness of mine. I'm not very yeah. good at the like the fan casting, yeah. like picking out like, oh, this actor would would oh, nail no, this I part. I, I can't do that either. But, people like, have that skill, yeah. and I'm just not one of those people. Yeah. Um, other other comic books, the characters that I feel have not been served well, um, Galactus. <laughs> oh, Galactus! Yeah, he was a, he was a flipping cloud before. He wasn't even a. Oh, God, that made me mad. Um, but I still feel like they've been, and, and I think there was a movie titled this, um, they're still chasing Superman. Yeah. They're still not, they still haven't found exactly who they want. And I don't, maybe you know this because you know a lot about the licensing. Why is it called Man of Steel and why could they not call him Superman for this one? Wasn't there a licensing thing or something like that going on? That I don't know as much about. I mean, the Marvel stuff I know like yeah. the back of my hand, but yeah. the DC stuff not as much. I don't know if there was it, something I, about that with the was new it licensed? Because I just assumed it was like an artistic choice. Like they wanted yeah. to be like, well, it's it's the beginning story. He's not Superman yet. Like it's uh, okay. it, like kind of with Batman Begins. Like they didn't really call him Batman in the saying. movie very much. I see what you're the saying. The same yeah. way they didn't want to call him Superman until like at the very end. I think they. They called him Superman, like, once at the okay. end, and that well, was and, it. And I still haven't seen Man of Steel yet, so, I mean, I'll have to pick that up and check that out. But, um, I still feel like... Because, like, the new one is Superman versus Batman, like, they're using... Batman versus Superman, yeah. Or whatever, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or either way, yeah, whatever. Um, I still feel like Christopher Reeve hit it dead on in the in the Richard Donner one. Uh, the second one was good, but then, in, we've talked about that before... Um, you and I have talked about it. We've been talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. That got it all screwed up the because... The story with that one's actually yeah. really interesting. Richard Donner, um, like, three quarters away through the production and the directing got of that fired, movie. Like, yeah, they, like, let him go, and he couldn't finish the movie, and so yeah. some of the scenes towards the end of the movie weren't his work, and that's when you yeah. see, like, the, the cellophane S that he pulls off and some of the yeah. weird stuff. And there is a version you can buy called the the Donner Cut. Yeah, they filmed some of the scenes, but they weren't like finished, and they had to go back and refilm a lot because technically, to be considered the director, you have to film a certain percentage of the movie as a director. Yeah. So, and the guy it was they a, hired, it's an interesting story. Yeah. Do do some reading on that one. The guy they hired to do it was a he was a known comedy mm-hmm. director. He wanted to be that way, yeah. and, and he it, threw in like little things where like at one point Superman's using a super breath to like cool off. 
the oil tank that um, one of um, I can't remember the other guy's name. The guy who like not General Zadov, the other the big dude, the guy that Nine. made Jaws. Nine. Yeah, yeah. He heats up with his laser vision an oil tank on a truck, and Superman blows it out with his cold breath. And when he uses the cold breath, a guy's wig goes flying off, <laughs> and it's just like, what? Now this is slapstick, like. And that's what they were going for, and it ruined that movie. And like, if you watch Superman then, three, it's yeah. the same director. He did the whole movie. Yeah, and that's why like Richard Pryor's in it, and it's all just like yeah. absolute nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. It is horrible. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is like you got one and a half good Superman movies, and everything else was garbage. Superman Returns. I thought Brandon Routh was spot on looks wise for Clark Kent and for Superman, but there was just it was so. It was like if you took if you put Superman on Xanax, it was like that. The whole movie was very like low key, oh, very like oh, I'm stretching and I'm sleepy and I'm taking these beauty shots. Look at me, I'm gorgeous and I'm Superman. And he didn't really do anything the entire movie. He there was that awesome scene with the Gatling gun and the cool scene where he caught the airplane. Yeah, and where he got like shot in the face and it bounced off of his eyeball. Yeah, that like you see cool. it like the bullet collapsing on his yeah. eye and he's like I don't even care. And yeah, and it was and it was like if you were going to give that a rating, it was like uh, top, you know, best movie ever being 10, worst being 1. It was like a 5. It just like flatlined. It didn't really peak at any points. The only big things that were good about it were um, Kevin Spacey was awesome as Lex Luthor. Like that part where he's sitting there with Lois Lane and she's just like, you'll never... And he's like, wait, hang on, hang on. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead, say it. She's like, you'll never get away with this. No, 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 not that. The other thing. The other thing. See, you guys haven't said the thing about Superman. That was like the best scene yeah. ever. And he was such a good Luther. And like, even with Superman lifting the island out of the ocean and throwing it into space, pretty cool. But still, the movie just left you wanting more. And it was beautiful. I mean, even like yeah. the, the title screen where you're flying through space yeah. and eventually get to Earth. Like, it looked yeah. really nice, but you're right. It didn't give you anything to latch on to and care yeah. about. And I feel like Man of Steel tried so hard to not be that. Yeah. That it went... It swung that pendulum too far the other way. Where, yeah, where it, became... it was really dark and grounded and realistic. Yeah. And then when Superman ultimately... It was like a snuff film. There was so much death and destruction. Oh, in God. It. Like, it, it was like, what is everything about these Superman people... The movies that people didn't like? Let's do the opposite of that. Turn it up to 11 to fix it. Yeah. yeah, and then we'll just make that movie and then people will like it. And yeah. again, they, they did not find that balance yet. No, and like in, in Andy's review, he was saying that like that ending and and we've discussed the ending with Zod and what he does to... Yeah, like, he, and uh, how he breaks his neck yeah, and kills him. And and you said you understood because he had to make the choice and he had to make the dividing line, I am, a, I am an earthling, not a, not a Kryptonian. But... And, and I agreed with... Andy said, he's like, it's so out of character for Superman to do that. Superman doesn't kill. Right. It's out of character if you're comparing this movie to all of Superman comics. Yeah. In the context of the world and the movie that they made, the choice made sense. In the context of you're going, well, Superman yeah. would never do this, then yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a real... I gotta give um, Zack Snyder at least credit and kudos like it takes a lot of guts to make that decision because making a decision about superman about his character and who he is like you whew, man like that's a big one and, I, and i'm sure he thought about that yeah before he made that decision knowing full well that superman isn't known as a killer so and a lot of times the the criticism of superman is yeah his stories are so boring he has all the powers yeah he can just fly around and throw things in the sun and punch people to yeah. the moon whatever yeah, yeah. um that movie was not boring. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll give it that. It yeah. wasn't just Superman being able to do whatever he wanted. It wasn't boring. Yeah. And so, they certainly tried real hard to make that happen. So maybe that's the point, is that Superman Returns was actually the perfect Superman movie. It was too close. Yeah. It was it was too perfect Superman because he was boring. And this one was too far. And hopefully we'll get, we'll see as he meets Batman, we'll get some grounding in between the two. Yeah. Um, as they introduce all these other superheroes and kind of develop the yeah. Justice League and he has a yeah. group around him. Yeah, and let me tell you, we another character they need to fix, man, Green Lantern. I love <laughs> some Green Lantern. I absolutely love the Green Lantern, and they screwed that movie up. Ryan Reynolds, I love Ryan Reynolds, and I hope he makes a great Deadpool, but he's not the Green Lantern. And he shouldn't be the Green Lantern because Hal Jordan... Ryan Reynolds is a good comedic actor. He really is, and he has that good, like... He can do that good spit take thing. He can do the good like double take thing. He's really good at giving you the deadpan face while he's making a really funny joke. But that's not Hal Jordan. No. And I don't know why they chose him other than he's Ryan Reynolds and they wanted a, a pretty face to and be he their lead. Looks like Hal Jordan. Yeah. Like he's a good physically looking like the character. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um five minutes ago I said I'm horrible about fan casting and things. Yeah. The one I feel like I've always hit on though, if they're gonna yeah. do Green Lantern do John Stewart and get Idris Elba to do it. Yeah. I mean, that guy, he or could be John freaking Stewart. He just quit The Daily Show. Have John Stewart be John be Stewart. Stewart. <laughs> yeah, because people love it when you just change the races yeah. of, of political characters. Political satire while saving the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, like, why not? Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. He's already, he's already got the name. I mean, yeah. geez, just give him the ring. He's got it. Um, the reason why I want to see that one is just selfish reasons. I... And a lot of people hated it because, again, it goes out of character with Hal Jordan. But one of my favorite storylines they've ever done in comic books is when the Green Lantern lost his mind. When he went ape and killed every other Green Lantern and turned into Parallax. Oh my god, that was so cool. Because <laughs> it all came from Superman's death. When Superman died, didn't really die, he died and then he came back. No one ever dies yeah, in the comics. Exactly. Except for maybe Uncle Ben. He's about yeah. the only one who stays dead. He's, he stays dead, yeah. And actually, in Spider-Verse right now, they had a multiple reality kind of thing and there yeah. was an uncle ben in that too so i mean even right? though he's dead he's still around <laughs> uh, with um with that like superman dies but he doesn't die he's coming back but then mongol comes to earth and tries to take over the earth and turn it into what's called an engine city um and it was basically going to take earth out of its or he tries to turn coast city which is hell jordan's hometown into an engine city which is going to essentially sh like shoot the earth out of its orbit and essentially make it turn it into like a battle station He's going to, like, kill everybody on the planet and, like, remold it into um, like a death Apocalypse. Star, basically, yeah. Into, yeah. yeah, into Apocalypse's uh, uh, world. Yeah, and turn it into a Death Star, exactly. And To Darkseid's Dark Apocalypse. Darkseid, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Darkseid's the, the planet is Apocalypse. Yeah, here. the planet's Apocalypse. Darkseid is the bad guy, yeah. So, all of this happens. They Superman stops him. You know, Superman comes back to life. Everybody's happy. You know, he flies around the sun or does something stupid. Um the Green Lantern goes to Oa, which is the home planet of, of the Green Lanterns. and There's like, these little blue guardian guys yeah, that run the show. And begs the council to let him rebuild Coast City because of what happened. And the council pretty much gives him the finger. They were like, no, not going to happen. And he's so distraught that his hometown and all of his friends and family were killed and murdered by Mongol that he flips out and starts killing Green Lanterns and taking their rings. Each time taking a ring, becoming more powerful. And slaughters the entire council. And kills everyone. <laughs> and it's just... And nothing can stop him. Because he just gets more powerful. And as he becomes more powerful, it becomes this thing called Parallax. And 
the Green Arrow is actually the one who takes him out because he's, they were friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and the he, one who's able to talk to him, and for he a nails him with that one arrow, like dead center in the chest, and kills him, which was kind of cool. But to see that Hal Jordan go on this like rampage was just so awesome. Um, and then they went back and retconned it, and they made Parallax this evil entity of of fear. Yeah, it was like the, yeah. what they call the yellow impurity yeah. that was in the actual Green Lantern, and that's the power why, battery. Yeah, inside the power battery, and that's, that's why yeah. yellow is they're, they're ineffectual against the color yellow and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and they and it's it was interesting, but I mean, like, I just want that from Hal Jordan. That's what I want to see, and that's why I want them to try to do another Green Lantern and do it justice. Uh, I always felt like he was a good character. And, I mean, maybe they could do a TV series now that we're seeing that The Flash is pretty good. And we're seeing that Arrow, people and really And they're like bringing Arrow. a lot of characters into those shows. Yeah, like Firestorm was in it the other night. Firestorm's in Flash. Um, and then uh, The Atom. Yeah. Speaking of Brandon Routh that played yeah. Superman, he's playing The Atom. He's in Arrow. Yeah. Uh, so they're building a small network of superheroes. Yeah. Um, they're even talking about spinning Atom off into his own show. So there would be three of them wow. ha- headlining their own shows and everything. Yeah. And they'd form like a small Justice League, basically. And that has Black Canary and Arsenal and all these different uh, superheroes in it. So yeah. um, DC has been just... They do a bang-up job of their animated movies and their TV shows. Yeah. Marvel's TV shows, meh. Yeah. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is, I just eh. I watched one episode of it, and I just didn't care. Yeah. I really wasn't that interested. But I feel like Marvel is knocking out of the park with the movies. Yeah. And then the comics are the comics. I mean, you Absolutely. either like them or you don't for Absolutely. kind of across the board. Is there is there anybody else that you <laughs> think either hasn't been served justice or hasn't even been touched that you would just... Well, because we'll close this up. I mean, I know we're doing a longer podcast, and... Than normal, and thank you guys so much for listening. This is kind of an extra special one because Steve is going away party, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Our going away party, so we're going to nerd it up big time uh, for the going away party. Um, Anybody else? Anybody else that you haven't seen yet that you're like, why have they not done this? This would be so cool. My my answer would have been Flash if it weren't for the TV show. I mean, the TV show is so great, but seeing him on the big screen would be pretty awesome. There, yeah. Um, On the Marvel side of things, just any really good female. I mean, and, and yeah. not saying that to be like one of those creepy guys or anything like that, but um, even the females in the team movies, like yeah. everyone really likes Black Widow, and I think Scarlett Johansson does a great job. Yeah. Um, like Halle Berry and Femke Jansen and yeah. X Men, they were okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like all the females and all the X Men have been okay. Yeah. I mean, they're good representations of the characters, but yeah. no one's going to see like, oh, I can't wait to see Halle Berry in this X Men movie. Like, no one's ever said that. So, yeah. um. I would really like to see, and I think Captain Marvel's a good choice. Yeah. Carol Danvers and her story, I mean, early on it was weird, but a lot of early comic books yeah. for women were weird because that was just the time they were in. Yeah. If you notice, a lot of the females in the comics, their powers are, I stand in the back, I, I don't interact physically with anything. Like, yeah. Invisible Woman is invisible and stays away. Yeah. Jean Grey has telekinesis. She stands yeah. in the back and moves yeah. things. A perfect example is, is Scarlet Witch. Because Scarlet Witch is, like, this ultimate telepath that can alter reality. But, like, they've made her such a female liability character that she's, like, she's crazy. And they always play that up. If you look through her wiki, read her wiki yeah. one time when you get a chance. It's like, hey, she fell in love with this person, and then they broke up, and then she lost her mind. And She's then, a nutbag, yeah. And then millions of people died. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, she takes, like, breakups worse than any reality show you'll ever Taylor, see. Taylor Swift writes a really, really, like, cutting, like, you know, song about you. No, Wanda Maximoff kills you. <laughs> Annihilates countries, Exactly, basically. yeah, remakes reality where no one has superpowers. Like, it's like... <laughs> 
I just that, that's so messed up that they're yeah. like, hey, she's a woman and she has mental powers, so she has to be crazy. And that was always the thing early on. And again, that was the time, the 60s yeah. and 70s. There wasn't as much equality as we have <laughs> you now. Call them women, they just call them broads back then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, these crazy dames and broads, they just do crazy things. Like. <laughs> now, some of those that I just mentioned, especially the first two, Invisible yeah. Woman and Jean Grey, yeah. when they modernized the comics and everything, yeah. they're actually two of the more powerful ones ever. I mean, yeah. Invisible Woman, her power isn't to be invisible now, it is she can uh, bend light. And make force fields. She could actually, some of the most powerful people are scared of her. She could make a force field in their mind and expand it and blow them up from the inside. Jean Grey, we talked about earlier with the Phoenix Force. She's one of the most powerful beings in all of the Marvel comics. So, you know, they definitely revolutionized what the women could do in comics. They kind of got away from that old standard. It's time for the movies to show that. And I don't like that we have to wait three more years to see a really strong character like that. Um because the ones we've seen just didn't do it for me. They weren't yeah. they weren't a good parallel as far as how awesome they can be in the comics. Well, and Ben and I have talked about this a lot too because Ethan Stone is just one project that we work on. And he said to me the other day he was like, "You know, we really need to come up with a strong female character." Because when you think about it and 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 it irks me too because every single time it seems like there has to be a caveat put in there. Well, Wonder Woman is incredibly strong, and she's a girl. Why can't she just be incredibly strong? Why can't she just be one of the most powerful people in the DC universe? Yeah. They have to put that caveat with it every single time. And that's what we're working on. That's another project. And don't get excited about this one, guys, because it is going to be a ways away before we get to this. But we are working on something like that right now, where we want to have a strong female character that's just a fr- strong female character. That's not like, oh, and she's strong for a girl, too, and look at her, yeah. you know? We, you know, like... Like in sports where it's like, oh, um, the physical fitness test. Remember that in high school? Yeah. We got to do the presidential physical fitness test. It's like, oh, hey, you did five push-ups. Good for you because you're a girl. It's like you want <laughs> the standards to be the same, but at the same time, like it, you have to balance it. And it's it's always one of two it's, things. It's either that where they're like, look how good she is in spite of being a girl. Yeah. Or it's too far the other way where that, yeah. that character's entire storyline is is fighting against the prejudice of being a girl. And yeah. I and I'm, I agree with you. And I, it's kind of a chicken and egg kind of thing. Um, is comics seen as a boy thing because it's all boys? Or was it all boys and that's who that's all they could attract as fans is, is yeah. boys? You know, if you start off comics from the get-go on an equal footing, do both boys and girls yeah. enjoy it equally? You know, normally when we go to the cons, I'm not a big fan of the cosplayers because... People will come to the, the cons, and, and Ben and I have written about this before, they'll come to the cons just for the cosplay, and then, like, we've got our book, you know, we're independent writers, we're independent artists, and we're trying to pitch them something, and they're just like, I don't care, I'm only here for the costume contests. Like, that gets tiresome. It gets yeah. really, really tiresome. But at the same time, too, just like with anything else, there's positives and negatives from everything. One of the great things that I love is watching these cos- female cosplayers come out and doing a female version of a male character. Yeah. Like, I've seen, like, female Cyclopses and female Wolverines, well, let's Technically, X-23. Yeah. Um, but, like, female Iron Man, female Captain America. Like, there were these three girls that came to us at the PhillyCon that we met that we um, that uh, we had really good conversation with. And they were dressed as Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, all in a female version. And it was really cool. And now they've done a female Thor. They're doing a female Thor now. Yeah. For and the they have book. done female, those other two. I mean, there was yeah. Pepper Potts, she was Rescue, which is like an Iron Man one. And yeah. American Dream was a female version of Captain America. Yeah. But those are minor... Side story, alternate reality. The yeah. rescue was a one shot, a yeah. one shot, one issue. You know, yeah. if you wanted, 
really make it even, they would have their own title. So, yeah, exactly, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, and I think that that is... I'm excited about it now, too. Like, I sent you... Um, and I'm sorry to make this an in thing, guys. So if you're listening to this... Um, <laughs> if, you, if, you mail, if you mail me, I'll, if you uh, message me on GGR, I'll gladly send you a copy of it so you can read it, too. That story that I sent you, the superhero story that yeah. I sent you, the next part of that actually is going to be something that Ben and I were talking about where we're, I'm going to integrate it into essentially having a female character that's not just a female version of him, but that's essentially from that same mold, like how he got his powers. She got her powers the same way, but came from a different part of life. Like yeah. this person, you know, this guy had a really, you know, pretty regular life, but she came up from a really abusive home, and there's all this other stuff going on. And you get to see two people come from the same spot, ending up in different places, but meeting at the same spot. Yeah, Mike wrote a, a really great, uh, it's like a novella, yeah. basically, and it was kind of a comic book written as a narrative, not, you yeah. know, the, with the pictures taken out, and I mean, the story is very, very good. Like, oh, I, thank you. I'm really enjoyed it, and it, it's not overly long, it doesn't, yeah. you know, uh, go on and on and on with all these uh, philosophical things, it's a fun story to read. You know what, um, I'll do you guys one better, instead of messaging me I'll for look it. out. I'm just going to put it on the GGR. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I will put this on GGR for everyone to read. Um, the only thing I ask, give me some comments, give me some likes, you know, tell me Feedback what you like. For yeah, sure. exactly. Yeah. Um, because honestly, what's been really motivational for me is working on GGR has made me want to write more. So I may end up just doing this story as like little pieces, almost like um, how they used to do the stories. Like when um, Charles Dickens did uh, A Tale of Two Cities, he did it as little pieces that he put in publications. And published it over like 50, 60 issues. So you got to read little pieces of it every little bit. We could like read one chapter at a time or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And I may end up doing that. That would be kind of neat. Yeah, that would be real cool. I know yeah. there was, um, I think it was Stephen King flirted with that. Yeah. Um, like in the early onset of ebooks where you would yeah. download a chapter at a time and you'd pay like 99 cents for a chapter or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that, or, or like the first chapter was free. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, you know, then you didn't have to buy more. And if you did like it, then you could buy each subsequent chapter. So. Yeah. That's some yeah stuff that's been t- out there before, and trust me, you guys are going to want to read this one if you're into if you're into superheroes, if you're yeah. into um, you know cool stories, a coming of age, someone who thinks they're just a regular person and find out that they're destined for a little bit more. You're going to love the story that Mike wrote up here. Oh, thanks, Steve. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, so, guys, we have talked your ear off quite a bit about pretty much every superhero topic that's out there these we days. We got nothing. We got nothing. Yeah, we're, I feel drained, yeah, but just absolutely. kidding. I could talk about comics all day. <laughs> just like music, man. Like I listened before we did this podcast. I actually listened to our music podcast, mm-hmm. and it was so good. Like I just enjoyed every minute of talking about that. Um, and actually, what's cool about this, and Andy, if you're listening, man, we will try to find some way to include you in this. Andy was like, "Hey, man, when are you guys recording your next podcast? I'd love to be part of it." So I, I think we can put him in on this. Ben wants to do it. That's I mean, what we want. We've got lots of people. So, yeah, I mean, we will we will gladly do this. And even better, if you guys got something you want to hear us talk about or you want to talk about, we will include you on the podcast. Message us. Let us know. Mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, message us on the webpage. Put um, something in the comment section. We're always checking through there and seeing what we have. Exactly. Um, there's lots of ways to get at us, so make sure you do that. All right. Uh, but for uh, for GGR Pirate Radio, uh, my name is Mike Lunsford. I'm Steve Monick. Uh, signing out. Awesome.